0: There's someone you should meet. Welcome in, friends. There's someone you should meet. I can imagine many of us have probably sat down and taken a personality test of some sort, like a Myers-Briggs or a DISC exam exam. A a test that determines what kind of person you are or personality you have. But what about a test that shows you why you do the things you do? Well, you can find those answers through the Enneagram test. And my guest today, this is her specialty. Through her coaching, you can discover your true motivations behind your actions and choices that you make. My guest's expertise have expanded into the social media realm where she's grown over half a million followers on Instagram you can also find her new book on shelves now, "The Enneagram Made Simple." Mm-hmm. Lastly, she also holds the mantle of guests. My wife is most excited to see. Um, so many many of you know her as Enneagram Ashton. Let me introduce you to Mrs. Ashton Whitmoyer Ober. Um, I Ashton. love that
1: introduction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank, thank you. It's uh, yeah, it started because uh, I always felt like I was awkward starting thing. So I just I was like, I just need to write this down and and do yeah. and do that. And it's kind of grown grown into this too. So yeah. but thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You just got to meet my wife earlier. This is I mean it when this is the most excited she is for you. I'm excited for all of our guests, of course, no disrespect. But this <laughs> one particularly we're just such big fans of your account and just what you put out there uh, with the Enneagram. So we've just we've been so stoked to get to meet you and to learn learn more uh, about about what you do because yeah the enneagram at least uh, with our friend circles it is a very it is a very popular topic of discussion of just asking mm-hmm. what what type what type are you you know and just well and what our relationship um to that test is for you is that the goat when you're meeting meeting someone new does that tend to take over the con the conversations whenever it's so
1: funny because like I feel like I'm so I just have this ability to converse on my Instagram that has a lot of followers but then when I bring it up in person I'm always like you know this like thing called the Enneagram (laughs) like (laughs) I feel like I casually bring it up um or i wait for somebody else to bring it up is pretty much my, my MO, but it is something that is constantly on my mind, obviously. So when I'm meeting new people, I'm analyzing some of those traits. And even if I try not to, it's just a tendency that I go towards.
0: Yeah. I got you. Before we kind of expand into that, I was curious, curious to know, um, I read on your website that you uh, originally began, um, you had your own re- uh, retail business, yeah. For, for a few years. I was curious to know what, what, what was the business prior to uh, Graham Ashton being born?
1: Yeah. So my story starts really um, right after I graduated college, I moved home and I opened a women's boutique and I did that for five years and decided that I wanted to go back and get my master's in psychology. And so that led me to closing my store and pursuing what I like to call the helping field, which as an Enneagram too, should be no surprise to people. And I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Um, and so I worked in the human field of human services for a bit, helping uh, victims and survivors of sexual and domestic violence, discovered the Enneagram in my um, master's program, and then decided to start my Instagram account. And I just started it to really share information with other people. I had no um, idea that this is what was going to happen. And I remember coming home from my full-time job um, a few years ago. Go and saying to my fiance at the times, my husband now saying to him, I think this is what I'm doing now. Like, I think this is a thing because people were asking me to help them figure out their type. You know, how can I use this information to become a better version of myself? And so I decided to pursue, um, becoming trained in the Enneagram and yeah, that has led uh, us here today.
0: That's incredible. I can only imagine just what's that like, especially kind of running your own business and having to make this pretty big leap of faith to kind of transition to pursue a new a new course, uh, per se. Oh, yeah, it was terrifying. (laughs) I know. Do you uh, do you you remember just kind of that time and kind of how that decision making process was, you know, of kind of, you know, close, you know, closing down a, a store to start something something new, what was kind of, what was helpful for you during, during that time to kind of help just come to a final decision?
1: You know, it's so interesting that you asked me that because I haven't thought about it in so long. Um, so I closed the store in 2017. So almost five years ago. Is that right? If I do math correctly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: about five and years, yeah.
1: It was, it was, um, really heartbreaking for me to close that store. I had invested so much time and energy and the store was in a very small town where it was kind of like a pillar in the small town on a, on a main street. And, um, just, I closed the store thinking I'm, it was so heartbreaking that I'm never going to have another business ever again. (laughs) Like that was really what I thought. Yeah. Um. And you know, I went to graduate school to get my master's to be a psychologist, which, in a way, I'm able to use uh, the that skill set in what I do today. Um, but I never dreamed that it would that I would be here and that it would ultimately lead me into um, having another business.
0: Yeah. You mentioned just how you know, what, that it was heartbreaking to kind of finally make, to close that chapter, what what part of running your own business, you know, do you look back most fond, fondly on, or what, what what was kind of something that you missed miss the most take, uh, taking that step away?
1: It's always the people, it's always the relationships, and that's what I love the most about having my own business now is being able to, whether it's connect with people on my Instagram page or when I'm meeting with clients one-on-one, when I'm doing these podcast interviews, you know, when I'm speaking at events, it's being able to connect with other people. And that's really what it comes down to for everything. And so when I closed my first business, like that's what was heartbreaking for me, not knowing what the next five years were going to look like, you
0: know, so you take, so you take that step, um, and you're take, um, you're getting your master's in psychology and I hope I did the definition of the Enneagram justice. I hope I, yeah, <laughs> I got it right at you the did. beginning. Yeah. So what was, uh, what was draw what kept drawing you to it to make, to kind of make that your, one of your soul, soul focuses and kind of be able to concentrate towards being an expert in that area.
1: So what I loved and what just like really captivated me about the Enneagram is the fact that it's about the motivations behind our behaviors. So like many other people, I've taken so many personality tests, have always uh, loved that. Even as a kid, I like loved to take any sort of test that was going to tell me a little bit more about me. And I always was left with feeling like, okay, the next. Now I know this information, I can go on with my life. And I wasn't really um, impacted in the way that the Enneagram changed a lot of the relationships in my life just by simply understanding some of the behaviors of people because they have these main fears and main desires that make up their Enneagram type and their personality as a whole. So when I learned about the enneagram and I learned how different it was and how it really can be used as a tool to better understand yourself and others as a tool for helping people I was like this is what I want to be a part of like this is this is what I really uh, enjoy about personality assessments not you know as a way to explain your behavior or explain it away, but as a way to understand on a deeper level.
0: Right, right. I guess before we go forward, I wanted to, just in case um, there are those who are maybe hearing this for the first time or learning about the Enneagram for the first time, I did bring up the just very quick um, definitions for there's nine Enneagram types. And so I'm just going to run, I'm going to run through them right now before moving forward, just in case someone's like I don't, I don't know what's going on right now. But uh, um, so, what I have, according to the Enneagram Institute.com, uh, so you have, so that goes one to nine. So I have one, which is the reformer, which says rational, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self controlled. I have the helper, which says the caring, interpersonal type, uh, generous, and people pleasing. The achiever, number three, says success oriented, the pragmatic type adaptive and excelling and driven, individualist, which is sensitive, withdrawn, expressive, dramatic, the investigator, which is intense and cerebral, perceptive, the loyalist, uh, committed and security-oriented, the enthusiast, the busy, fun-loving type, the challenger, a powerful, dominating type, self-confident, decisive, and the peacemaker, which is what I believe I am, (laughs) so we'll see, Uh, peacemaker, the easygoing Self-effacing type, uh, re- uh, receptive and reassuring. So I wanted to run run through those as as quickly as uh, possible. So yeah, a lot a lot of people I know have taken taken the test, and that kind of it, well, that's where that's where it usually ends. They take the test and they kind of see the results and relate to it, and we talk about it amongst ourselves. But as a as a coach and a profess- uh, sorry, professional and a consultant. What are kind of the extra steps um, beyond just taking the test, taking the test online to really kind of learn more about where your motivations lie?
1: So the problem with tests is that we're human and we automatically have these internal biases, whether or not we think that that's the truth. We typically do. So we answer questions in ways that we want other people to perceive us. People will swear up and down that they don't do that, (laughs) but it's just natural, right? And so tests are difficult to really get to our main motivations because of that. Tests are also difficult because most of the time they're asking for questions based on behavior. So, you know, would you rather go to a party or stay in, right? That's very behavior oriented instead of getting to those pieces of motivation, So I always say, sure, take a test to start, figure out what those results are, but take those results and dig deeper, really, you know, learn about each type's core fear, core desire, sit with it, see what resonates with you and read about it and, and really just be honest with yourself. That's what I also love about the Enneagram is you're not just supposed to take a test and go on believing that what that test set is your type. You have to do the work too. I'm
0: curious, I'm curious to know just with these personality types that develop, how, how early, how early does this start off? Like when is a good time to maybe, you know, maybe start determining for lack of a better term, a type that a, per- mm-hmm. per- a person may, may be, is it, as young as young as young kid or is it starting uh, teenage years so when uh, when do you think it's kind of like a good time to maybe start uh, learning about it, but be able to kind of determine where someone lies.
1: So many uh, pretty much all any gram educators will say that your type is with you from birth. And so it is nature versus nurture. It's why you can have multiple siblings, members of a family who have shared experiences, all have different types. So your type is with you from a young age, but obviously it's difficult for you to really understand your motivations behind your behaviors until you have the language to do so. I always say no younger than the teenage years is when people can really start answering some of those questions. Um, but no, also knowing that some teenagers try to act a different way to fit in, right? Or they try to shift their personality to, um, you know, make sure that people accept them. And so just being aware of that, um, but no younger than 13, 14
0: gotcha and do, i've come across this before just in ca- casual conversations about our enneagram types uh some fr- some friends of mine when talking about it have mentioned that they were one they're one type before but then after a big life event getting married having children now they think that they're that they're this would you think that's kind of a bit like a misunderstanding of kind of yeah. what the original re- read was or is is that even a possibility that someone can have a motivation at one point in life and it changes to another um, through through a big life event or just uh, evolving over time.
1: Yeah, so I get that question all the time too. The reality is, is your behaviors are going to change. If you are the same person that you were when you were 13 years old, like there is a problem <laughs> with that. Um, so your behaviors should change, but your motivations will will stay the same. So your type does not change. Your wing, which we didn't talk about wings yet, your wing could change. So the type on either side of your main type is called a wing. And you typically pull characteristics from that type. Those can fluctuate back and forth. So I'm a two. I have a very strong three wing, but maybe you know, ten years from now, I have a stronger one wing, and therefore that makes my personality look a little bit different. But your main type will not change; it'll stay the same.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up, brought up wings. That's something that I still kind of have a little trouble under understanding. So it's usually like, say, you're a type five. That means your wings will either be like you'll be a type five wing four a type five wing six it's usually mm-hmm. the the two types that surround um your your enneagram type is there i guess any extra analysis or work like work to be done to kind of be able to determine determine that it's something i know my wife and i we kind of look at it, those wings and there's been times i can remember my wife saying like i feel like i I feel like i hit both of them or something mm-hmm. like she'll find one aspect um, of a wing so my wife's a uh, Enneagram six. So she'll see a type from a type five and be really drawn to it, but then she'll see one that she feels equally drawn to from type seven. So, um, yeah, as in your, yeah, in your time, what's kind of helped kind of be able to ho- hone it down and help guide someone that's trying to fi- figure out what, uh, what wing they are.
1: Yeah. So a common misconception about wings is that it's just your second highest score. So maybe people took a test and they scored high for nine. And then they also scored high for two. And then people assume, oh, I must be a nine wing too but that's not possible. Your wings do have to be on either side of your type. And part of the growth work is to be able to access qualities of both wings. So that's very normal that your wife is able to relate to qualities of both the five and the seven. Most people do have a wing that is stronger than the other one. Like I said, my three wing tends to be stronger, but that doesn't mean that I don't also have qualities of the one wing it just doesn't come out as much as the three wing. So yeah, those can, can shift. Like the amount of uh, times that you rely on the wing can shift based on life experiences or past experiences, things like that. Um, but part of that growth work is to be uh, equal with the wings and really like well-rounded version of your type.
0: This is lead. So you have a new uh, a new book that just, uh, just recently came out. Simply put, what was that? What was that pro- process like? Of you know, you're being a coach and consultant, and uh, what kind of led to uh, wanting to put this all in literary form?
1: You know, I get a lot of questions all the time about how to find my type, or what's the, you know, what does a nenegram tool look like? What about in relationships? You know, I just. Um, get a lot of questions all the time. And I love meeting with people and answering their questions. But I really wanted to create something that really is like a guidebook almost where you can uh, learn not just about your type, but learn about other people's types. In the book, there are also mantras for each type and it talks about you know each type in specific relationships as well as a couple um, activities and exercises for each type. So I really just wanted to kind of wrap it all up in one, one little project and get it out into the world and, and help people um, learn more about their type and learn more about other people as well.
0: From just writing it down, was this something? Was it simple? Just kind of spilling it all out and transferring it from pen, pen to paper, or taking that step writing? Was there uh, cha- challenges in creating the book that you faced?
1: There are always challenges um, because sometimes, like you know, it's all in my head, and getting it out into publication can be can be difficult. Also, wanting to make sure that I do justice for each type, right? Um, You know, a lot of types feel like misunderstood or people don't understand them. And, you know, they have a right to feel that way because the reality is, is if we aren't that type, we're not going to fully understand them all the time. Right. And so just wanting to make sure that I'm effectively communicating what each type looks like so that other people can feel heard and understood even if, um, you know, they struggle with that.
0: So when this started with Enneagram Enneagram Ashton on Instagram, it seemed to move really fast as far as you started. And it seemed like within a short amount of time, all these followers started uh, spilling in. Do you have a do you have a moment in time when when you are creating that account or putting uh, putting out content? Was there a moment that you're wondering like, man, this is really start. This is really starting to take take off more more than I uh, could could have imagined. There, mm-hmm. so it seemed to just kind of be really like a meteoric type type of rise where things started just kind of moving really fast fast for you.
1: Yeah, it was definitely that moment where I came home and and said. Like, I think I need to become certified in the Enneagram so I can actually help people more and, and help them figure out their types and things like that. Um, You know, it's, it was an interesting, um, it's always interesting to look back on. It's still, it blows me away still that I'm sitting here and, you know, that this is my full-time job and I'm able to talk to people about the Enneagram all the time and travel across the country and speak to different organizations. And, uh, I just don't take any of that lately. I have to say like, there are so many moments along the way that have, you know, had that kind of impact where, yeah, early on, you know, it, when I was growing rapidly, um, I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) Like, I can't believe this, but even now, um, you know, being recognized out in public and, you know, being on podcasts, it just, it continues to um, amaze me.
0: At the beginning, was it, was this uh, just newfound territory, like going out into the social space to kind of did to talk about the Enneagram while you are, you're, you know, you're talking about what you're an expert at, but you're putting out, you know, um, one great thing about your account is just uh, the, gra- the graphics and illustrations uh, you're able to put, put together. Was that a, an aspect that you had to Learn, learn from scratch or just because it, um, you're so passionate about the subject it was fun and easy for you just yeah what was it like to kind of just build to build that account and kind of strategize just how, how you're gonna bring uh, how are you going put out the content about about the Enneagram?
1: Yeah, I have always enjoyed kind of creating things like that. I always think that I don't have a creative streak and then I do things like this and I'm like, oh, I kind of do. <laughs> Um, it's just something that like, I never, um, you know, really thought about before, but by working in nonprofit world and, and, you know, being in charge of events and speaking and things like that, I've always kind of, um, created graphics. And so when I started doing that for my account, it kind of was like riding a bike where, But it was more like, oh, I get to do whatever I want with this. And I'm able to, you know, really show off who I am as um, a creative individual and as an Enneagram educator and do it to whatever degree that I want to. So that, yeah, that's always been like a super fun part of this is creating the, the posts and creating the information.
0: With kind of balancing the the social aspect of it, just with also, you know, consulting, speak, you know, speaking podcast. What are some of kind of the the biggest challenges you face with kind of having to balance all those together?
1: I mean, it's a lot. It's all a lot. It's so time consuming to have a big account, and I don't think people understand that. I think people think I um, just sit around on my phone all day, right? Um, But I don't. Oh, I do sh- a lot of different. Shocking!
0: Things. That's shocking. Yeah, I can't I believe it.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, I think I like logged on Instagram one time today. I posted a picture of of my child, and then I was like, "I don't have I don't have time to do <laughs> to do anything else." With <laughs> um. So, I yeah, I just it's really time consuming. The hardest part for me when I first started was negative messages that I would receive, and honestly. I have grown so much by having this account personally, because now like I used to be extremely sensitive to criticism. Now I'm still sensitive, but if random people say something to me through my DMS, I'm, it doesn't ruin my whole day. But when I first started, I wasn't used to that. And it was really, really hard for me to deal with some of that, um, you know, negativity and just nasty people, (laughs) but, um, and I still get it. Like I still get it often. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's harder to find those messages because sometimes I'm not able to see all of them. So if they're in there, I'm not seeing them as frequently, but I think the fact that I don't, um, feels as bad about myself after reading them has, um, been a huge area of growth for me for sure.
0: Yeah. Did it take, it take some kind of way to decompress from it, like a new kind of exercise or was it just kind of over time and having more exposure to it just helped you get, get used to it? Yeah. What was, what was kind of the, the key to not, you know, not let, you know, hurt, hurtful comments, you know, get at you.
1: Yeah, over time, for sure. Time um, definitely, you know, helps a lot in a lot of different areas. Also, just, I think, compartmentalizing, like, these people, they don't actually know me, right? They follow me. They think that they know me. Um, I try, I strive to, you know, be as personable and possible, but they aren't, you know, my main people that are in my life. And so what they're seeing is a highlight reel of my life. And, you know, if they don't understand that's on them and not on me. And I think it did, it did take a while for me to fully accept that. Obviously there are still moments where I'm like, you know, it's like a punch to the gut. If somebody says something nasty, but i've been so much better at you know blocking that person deleting the thing and then just moving on versus hanging on to those words um like i have in the past
0: i guess when you see those you're like that must be an enneagram 8 or something or
1: <laughs> you know it's so funny that you should say that because my sister's an 8 and so and when people ask me you know like where have you seen the biggest impact with the enneagram it's i always say my sister like the relationship Between my sister and me, the eight being the challenger, being direct and confrontational and doesn't back down. And then me being the two who's like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want to do. And like, (laughs) you know, not being able to, um, you know, say no and things like that, where she's like, no is her middle name, pretty much. Um, Just seeing the change in the way that we communicate and understand each other has, been really cool to see obviously we still have our moments as siblings but my entire life i thought she was just yelling at me all the time and it wasn't until i had the language of the enneagram that i realized that she just is super passionate and that's just how she talks she talks with that tone and it took me what like 25 years to be able to understand that And that's what I love about the Enneagram. She can understand, you know, that sensitive side of me. And if my feelings are hurt about something she said, and I can understand, you know, that she's passionate and fiery and decisive, and we can appreciate those things about each other.
0: That's amazing. I love, I love hearing that. It it brings up a good, good point of kind of, you know, gaining the common ground and understanding and just how, how much growth can just come through that Mm -hmm. naturally. What would be your in, in light of that, what would be your kind of encouragement for someone, say someone does kind of they come to a conclusion like, okay, I am this this type of enneagram. you know,' they're, they're certain, they've done the test and they've did, they've dug into it, they're solidified and that they know which type that they are. What would be kind of your your keys of, well, you know how, what, what does move you know moving forward or what does what grow, growth look like? you know, after kind you know, coming to that understanding of yourself.
1: Yeah. Growth can look like a lot of different things and it obviously is very dependent on the type specifically, but growth in general can look like taking some of those areas that you might struggle with and embracing them and not burying them, which a lot of types tend to do, but embracing them and figuring out how you can accept some of those areas in your life but also being able to, you know, live out the healthy version of your type and being able to identify when you're going into a stressful place and really stopping those behaviors before they happen. And you're able to stop those behaviors because you know the motivation. So you know how you got there. And so you tend to be able to understand how to get out of there.
0: Very good. That is something i i was jotting down a note <laughs> while, you're saying, <laughs> while you're saying that that's um that's really good insight so uh we have uh we wanted to do a little uh little fun portion here not that it was this has been a blast so <laughs> so far but i was curious uh but i was curious just with enneagram types uh i'm a huge movie uh and t- tv fan and so i wanted to bring up some co- uh, common characters i feel like when you take on some on some sites i've seen kind of what uh like when you finish and then under the type it'll say like a real world or fictional example uh of mm-hmm. an enneagram type so i thought I'd, I'd bring up just a few and uh maybe just some characters that we know, know and love and uh get get your input on what uh, if maybe there is a character out there that we can connect with uh, from the enneagram so uh i um, my number one that i wanted to ask encanto has been has taken over our household um, <laughs> yeah. from from top from top to bottom the soundtrack is on repeat throughout yes. the day um, some uh, so i'm interested to know uh, the main character of encanto uh, uh mitabel uh, what enneagram type um, after watching it uh, would would she be So, there
1: is this is highly debatable in the Instagram, Mm. Enneagram, Instagram world. Oh, okay. Um, okay. It's controversial. No, but you know, I can see a lot of different traits in her. I can see her as an Enneagram two, I can see her as an Enneagram four, but I would think that I would land on an Enneagram six where oh, she man. is looking for that security, looking for that safety. Um, and oftentimes in Encanto, it is found in the the gift, right, or the talent. And so I think she is so loyal to her family. and you know, just wanting everybody to to be in a good place.
0: Very nice. That was good. I was thinking too, too as well because it's just mm-hmm. so like ser- like serving the family all that but the yeah the loyalty aspect is good so my wife will be really excited to hear
1: yeah she hear,
0: that, hear that one so uh, next one i have is uh, michael scott from 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 the office so <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so michael scott could be a lot of different types but i often see him um also as a six at times
0: oh, is that okay. what you were going to say I'm, I was thinking, I was thinking of the quote that he says, he's like, I need, uh, he talks about people, like he, there's a quote that he had about people wanting people to love him or something or like, mm, love. Yeah. he like wanted people to love how much they respected him or, some, or some like yeah. crazy quote. Uh, like I that. do so feel I was-
1: like he worries though, like a six, you know? So I feel like I can see some of, of that in there. Some of the, you know, committed to, his office committed to the task um oh, so yeah i would good. say in like that in that like three six nine area
0: yeah so yeah because he does uh, a lot of, a lot of the comedy comes from him trying to recover or say yes. or save, save save something or disaster yeah. but then it just leads to more disaster right so yeah. no that's uh that's really good i didn't wouldn't expect i wouldn't expect that one so that's a that's a, <laughs> that's a fun fun one next one i have is uh ron swanson from from parks and Rec- Parks and recreation. Or- I think
1: he's a five.
0: He's a five. Okay. Fair. I mean,
1: maybe I can, and again, like we don't really know their motivations. Right. But I think I would land on a type five whenever I see his quotes. I think that they're relatable to a type five, um, you know, like wanting to kind of isolate, be by themselves. Like I'm not really interested in other people um you know I kind of just want to be on my own and you guys are annoying me things
0: like that <laughs> that makes me questions uh because I, I I personally have not um come across many fives in my time so I also, I just,
1: I also consider Dwight a five.
0: Uh, that is a very good tw- yeah Dwight Dwight true he's very much yeah. a five so is it a point of because uh, I see like I isolated I feel like that could be taken net like in a negative tell much I don't think it should, but is no. it just more like you find your comfort from kind of yeah. have, having your time? Okay. And
1: okay. spending more fives often spend more time in their head and that feels like safer and more comfortable to them.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Very good. Um, all right. I just have, have one more from you and that is, uh, so we just finished a uh, Gilmore girls at our, <laughs> our house. So, uh, Rory, this is a, uh, this is my wife's one. So Roy Gilmore, the, uh, yeah. the the younger, the young, um, the daughter of, mm-hmm. of Lorelai.
1: So this is also a controversial one where people can oh, see multiple things. I didn't know um, I was striking
0: so many chords. On, yeah. on those, so um,
1: for Rory, I would also say either um, a three or a five, like really just likes to, um, you know, achieve. Right. Mm -hmm. But the difference between a three and a five, so one, three and five can have shared similar shared characteristics about that need to achieve, but fives are going to be more focused on knowledge, which is really where I would see Rory fall. Mm -hmm. Um, Ones would be Paris, typically, um, where, you know, that need to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And threes often look like, you know, Emily, so the mom. Mm-hmm. or the grandma, um, where, you know, the status is really important. And I don't think status is very important to Rory, but that achievement is. Yeah. And so it's, again, the Enneagram is not about um, behaviors, but motivation. So is achievement and knowledge important to Rory because she wants to be seen as knowledgeable, competent, capable, like a five, which I, that's kind of where I would have her fall.
0: Very good. Very good. So that was very, enlight- very enlightening. I hope I was able to <laughs> uh, to subside any con- controversial <laughs> or contra- controversy within the community. There, um, thank you, <laughs> thank you for humoring me there. So, yeah. uh, in relation to movies and, and TV, when this when something is, uh, you know, such a huge part of your life, it's where it's where you're an expert at. Um, your social is dedicated to it. What helps you? Uh, you know, if you need that time to maybe just not think about Enneagram for a little, a little while, get, yeah. get away from it. What are what are some key, I don't know, hobbies, activities? What helps you kind of be able to to decompress and wind down from the from the Enneagram world?
1: Yeah, and the reality is, is, I don't, I don't really. <laughs> like, think it's always on my brain, it's always on my mind, and part of having a business too is like I'm always thinking about it. But you know, just th- simple things like being with, with my 14 month old. Um, you know, we we had a play date earlier today. You know, like pl- watching her play with her friends and taking her to the park and doing all of those things, and going on walks. Um, you know, reading. I do like to read whenever I have time. Where and obviously, I read a lot of Enneagram books, but I'm talking about, you know, the the fiction reading. Uh, really helps me to kind of zone out and not think about anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think uh, So f- since since you began this journey of becoming an expert on this subject? What's probably the thing you've learned mo- learned most, or you're constantly reminded of? in this profession, could you say, Tita, you you read, you, you're very studied on the subject and continue to study on it. What still kind of comes up that that's enlightening for you?
1: I mean, it really all is it. Every time I read, even though I am, you know, considered and a quote expert in the field, every time I read an Enneagram book, I learn something, Right. So, and I learned, not just learned something about the Enneagram as a whole, but I learned something about me and something about my type and where I have these like aha moments of understanding, you know, where, what I look like when I'm stressed out or, you know, how I respond in situations. I think the communication piece has always been uh, the most impactful that I'm constantly reminded of how each type communicates. I think, you know in our second year here of, of the pandemic where we've often had to learn how to communicate in different ways, whether it be virtually or, you know, through email, just being reminded of how each type communicates differently is something that, um,
0: is pretty cool to see. That's amazing. Love it. Well, we are coming down, coming down the home stretch here. So, uh, at the conclusion of each uh, podcast, we like to end it with uh, two questions f- for each guest. Um, so I'll start out with the first one for you. So ideally, if you can think back before uh, Enneagram Ashton was created and the fo- the following that's generated sen- since then, before that, what's a moment in your life that made you feel like the coolest person in the world?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I loved having my store in a small town, you know, and being able to like see people all the time. I was part of Mika Brzezinski from MSNBC. I was part of her uh, grow your value contest. And they like whisked me away to New York city to get my hair and makeup done one weekend. And that was Incredible. like cool. Me- coolest thing <laughs> the coolest thing um to you know go to like this high-end salon that I would never in a million years like be able to afford right so that I would definitely say and that was part of me having a store so
0: that was um, amazing that is awesome that is awesome and then uh, lastly it's what is the last thing big or small that brought you joy
1: I feel like there are so many, right. Um, really, I just love listening to my daughter laugh, like, you know, the it's, it is, it is a small thing, but that, you know, she was on the swings this morning and just swinging back and forth and laughing and giggling and just hearing her laugh. I just wish I could bottle it up and save it for, you know, the rest of my life. So that, I feel like that's a pretty small thing that brought me joy, but I also, um, you know, got to meet Glennon Doyle a couple of weeks ago, and that was, was really cool too.
0: So. Amazing. Perfect. That is perfect way uh, to wrap, to wrap it up. So, um, but this was a wonderful enlightening experience. So I hope uh, listeners today this helped guide guided them towards a better understanding of themselves. So, uh, so from uh, a type two uh, from a type, type nine thank you so thank you so much uh for coming on um it was just a joy to have you on
1: thank you so much for having me it was so fun to be here
0: all right i appreciate it